So since Valentine's Day is coming up, I thought it would be fun to give you guys a quick peek into what a Valentine's Day was like with my ex. Welcome to Through the Fire, a podcast about how to live life while experiencing emotional abuse. Each week, I'll share my experiences with you, and we'll break down the lessons I've learned and help you apply them to your own life so that we can all start living with joy and purpose while learning how to keep ourselves safe and sane. So the season is upon us. Valentine's Day. Everyone loves Valentine's Day, right? Well, I bet if you are in an abusive relationship, you do not love it so much because chances are your Valentine's Days are pretty horrible. I know mine were always pretty bad. So I'll tell you my most memorable Valentine's Day story. We had broken up like you do, you know, repeatedly. (laughs) And we had just gotten back together maybe a day or two before Valentine's Day. I was still really unsure about what I wanted to do with the relationship, if this was going to work or if it wasn't going to work. I certainly wasn't feeling in the mood to spend a whole day with him, but he convinced me to take a trip out to Catalina Island. So we got on a ferry and we went out there and it was kind of awkward, not too bad. Um, We took a bike ride up to the top of the hill and saw a nice view. It was just kind of uncomfortable, you know? And I was kind of wondering to myself, like, why are we, why are we here? What, what am I doing? We, we went shopping a little bit, but didn't buy anything. The restaurant we were going to go to was closed. So we ended up somewhere else. And it was an all right day. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't like particularly romantic or particularly enjoyable. And before we came home, he made a comment, a snarky comment, about how I didn't get him anything for Valentine's Day. And he was right. I didn't get him anything. I didn't get him a card. I didn't get him a gift because I wasn't sure I even wanted to be with him at that point. And I figured the best Valentine's Day gift I could give him would be to spend the day with him and to go on this trip that he's convinced me to go on. And let me tell you what, four years later, he's still giving me crap about not getting him anything for that Valentine's Day. And that's one of the things abusers do. They condition you to behave in a certain way. So what this incident did for me was it trained me to always make sure that if there was a holiday or an event that I celebrated it with him in a way that he found appropriate, that I gave him a gift, that I gave him a card, that I acknowledged him in some way. And if I didn't do that, I would be punished forever. This is the kind of thing that you can expect in in a covertly abusive relationship, a relationship where They have plausible deniability, which means they always are able to backpedal and say, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. And and they like in this particular incident, he could say, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I was just shocked that you didn't give me a gift. It's no big deal, you know, but it is a big deal because it drug on and on and on. And he threw it in my face for years and years afterward, made me feel guilty for years afterward. And that's the thing about covert abuse is that they slowly and methodically chip away at your self-esteem and they have a way of always being able to say like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's all in your head or you're just being too sensitive or you're overreacting or it's not that big of a deal or I was just joking. And none of those things are true, right? It's not in your head. You're not overreacting. They're not joking. What they're doing is they're finding ways to tear you down. Another perfect example of this is something that he said in couples therapy. He told the therapist, oh no, I told the therapist, 
and I was frustrated because he was always accusing me of having bad breath. Now, the therapist, being, um, you know, a neutral, impartial party, supposedly, he said, oh, well, you know, there is a medical condition called halitosis, and maybe that's something to look into. And I was like, you know, dude, you're missing the point. The point is not that I have bad breath all the time. The point is that I do not have bad breath all the time. And he tells me that I do to make me feel self-conscious. He's constantly trying to keep me questioning myself and doubting myself and feeling insecure. That is what's happening here. And when you say that to a therapist, they, it makes you sound a little bit crazy because there's no way of proving who's right in the situation. And that's the kind of thing he did all of the time. And I wanted to make this very clear because I had a listener ask this question. She said, if you're in a, a otherwise healthy relationship, like your relationship might have problems, but it's not what you would classify as abusive, is couples therapy still a bad idea? Is it a bad idea for everyone? And I told her, no, no, couples therapy is not a bad idea for everyone. Couples therapy can be very, very beneficial for people who are going through a rough patch or have some communication skills they need to work on or need to just get on the same page or, you know, work through some issues. Couples therapy can be a very beneficial thing. But if you are in a relationship with an abuser, if you're in a relationship with somebody who is constantly trying to make you question yourself and feel bad about yourself and deny it and then make you feel crazy and gaslight you and you recognize that this is a cycle, that you are trapped in an abuse cycle, do not take those people to couples therapy with you. That is not a healthy situation. If you're in an otherwise healthy relationship, sure, go for couples therapy. It can be really helpful. It can save marriages. If you're in an abusive relationship, I would recommend not going to couples therapy. And I've gotten that advice from many, many therapists, professionals in the industry who work closely with narcissists and addicts and people who are emotionally abusive, physically abusive. That's just not a healthy or wise choice for you because it can put you in a bad position and it can make your abuser better at manipulating you. And then they learn the lingo of the recovery lingo or the healing lingo psychological lingo, and they use that to abuse you even further. So that's something to just be aware of. So back to our original topic of Valentine's Day. I want to let you know, if you are dreading Valentine's Day coming up, you are not alone. Whether you are still in your abusive relationship or you are out of it, this time of year can be very difficult for people. So I wanted to give you some tips, some things that you can do instead of moping and feeling sorry for yourself this Valentine's Day. Because believe me, I've definitely done that on more than one Valentine's Day, just sit around feeling sad all day. But it's not the best. Everyone prefers to feel happy over feeling sad, so let's do that. So the first thing that I would like to recommend is to set up a Zoom or Skype video chat with some family or friends and have a girls night in or a guys night in and just Spend some time connecting with people who actually love and care about you. Healthy people who love and care about you. Another thing you can do is to spend some time with yourself practicing self-care. You know, take a bath, do some journaling, listen to some music, maybe have a one-man dance party in your living room. See if you can get some alone time or give yourself a massage or something nice where you can just relax and connect with yourself and appreciate yourself because... 
I know sometimes it's really hard for people to be alone, especially when they're feeling lonely and isolated, but you can also be your own best friend. And that might be something that you could consider doing this year on Valentine's Day. Another thing that could be nice would be to do some volunteer work, help somebody else in need. Oftentimes we get so caught up in our own needs. And believe me, I know when you're in a relationship that is making you feel isolated and unloved, there are a lot of needs that feel like they're not being met. And the idea of trying to take care of somebody else's needs can feel super overwhelming. But occasionally, if you can set aside your own needs just briefly and go volunteer somewhere like at a homeless shelter or helping people who are really, really desperate, really in need, really need the help, it can be kind of eye-opening and it can help you appreciate your situation a little bit more. Not that if you're currently in an abusive relationship, there's a whole lot to appreciate. But even if it's just, you know, having a roof over your head and some food in your stomach, there's always something that we can find to be grateful for. And helping other people can really help boost our own self-esteem and our own confidence. And let's be honest, if you're in a relationship like this or you just got out of one, self-esteem boosts are much needed and much appreciated anywhere we can get them. I hope that this has been entertaining and helpful and giving you some good ideas please join us on the Facebook group through the fire escaping and healing from abuse and share this podcast with somebody else who you think could benefit from it. Also, of course, as always, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review this podcast. It will really help us do well and help get this information out to people who really need it. And as always in the description of this podcast, there is a link to the domestic violence hotline and suicide hotline. So make sure if you are struggling in either of those areas, Get the help that you need. Call the hotline. They're super helpful. Just want you to be safe and happy and healthy. Also, if you have any other fun show requests or questions, feel free to post them up in the Facebook group and we'll answer them in a future episode. Thanks for listening.